Welcome to episode two of the Rebel Alliance Media Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, with our other host, Nate. How's it going, Chris? Can't complain, my friend. How are you doing today? Great. That's excellent. We are sitting here with a friend of our show, Jude St. John, pastor of Westland Alliance Church. How are you doing today, Jude? I'm doing great. Excited to be on the show today. Wonderful. We are excited to have you. Well, guys, let's start with a little bit of talk. Today's topic, we're going to talk about social media and the influence that it can have on Christians and culture and how we should be using that. Probably pretty relevant since we're posting this episode on Facebook and Twitter. Do podcasts <laughs> count as social media now? I think so. I think they do. So let's, let's start. Let's open a question. What do you think the best superhero movie is? I'll give you a preference. You can't say the Batmans. None of the Batmans? None Are you talking about Batmans. recent Batmans? Can I go Michael Keaton original? If you can remember Michael Keaton's originals, then you can say that because I will grant that. Can I ask why no Batmans? Because they're the obvious answer, Jim. Oh, okay. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to say the, uh, the Netflix original TV series, uh, Daredevil. I would say I would put that as like the number one superhero media outside of the, bat, the newest Batman trilogy. Yeah, that's the right answer. So I'm going to say that's un- ineligible because it has to be a movie. Because <laughs> I'm cheating. Because that is correct. So, okay. You are right. Daredevil <laughs> was amazing. You should watch it. Yeah, I agree. We don't get paid to say that. Okay. Um, I don't know. Let me ask this. Is Indiana Jones a superhero? 100% Indiana Jones is a superhero. Great okay. question. Well, Great question. I mean, if he's a superhero, Raiders of the Lost Ark... See, I would. I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go against you here because I'm gonna say Indiana Jones is a hero, not a superhero, because he lacks superpowers. Have you seen him use the whip? It's pretty spectacular, but <laughs> super. I don't know. Indiana Jones' superpower is discernment. <laughs> like, That's a spiritual gift, Chris. Think, not think a superpower. <laughs> no, no, no. He, he, I don't think he's a Christian, so he would be supernaturally given to him. Um, you think about it. Guys fighting with all the swords. What does he do? Pulls out the gun and shoots him. That's super in my book. <laughs> it's just dirty fighting. It's uh, bringing a gun to a knife fight. Yeah, that is bringing it. That's yeah. wisdom, yeah, discernment, my friends. Fair enough. You know what? Honestly, I I'll go with um, I'll go with the most recent Civil War, uh, and I, I would say that just because uh, the the mini the comic book miniseries was phenomenal, and I didn't watch it when it came out in theaters because I thought they were going to butcher it. And even though they didn't stay right to the, the comic book miniseries uh, storyline, it's still, it's, it's pretty good. They captured the, I'll, I'll say that, not to sound too nerdy, but they, they ca- captured like the ethos of the book. Um, yeah, so I'd go with that. Interesting. So we got Indiana Jones on one side, Marvel's Avengers on the other side, the Civil War version. I think I'm going to say the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk. Mm. It was a fantastic movie. Yeah, they didn't yeah. waste any time. Got right into the story. Yeah, yeah. And the Hulk is a cool character only because Edward Norton's a cool guy. Yeah, he, he actually played that pretty well. You liked him better than Banna, eh? Oh, much better. Eh? Yeah. What about Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> TV series. He already called yeah. me a cheater for trying to say Daredevil. So We've just dated ourselves there. Uh, would, yeah. would, so would the worst be Ben Affleck's Daredevil? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's universal. Okay, fair enough. Didn't Who did Green Lantern? That was terrible, too. Um, that was... Ryan Reynolds. That's right. Well, that was that's bad. Right. That, that was terrible. That is, I didn't even think of that. You I know blocked what, that from my memory. Which one I sort of liked, that was surprised me, was Guardians of the Galaxy. 
Oh, that's a you good know, answer. I, yeah. I don't read good. comics, so I didn't know. I just see this raccoon and this tree. Right. I'm like, what is this about? And I'm like, you know what? That was a pretty good movie. Yeah, I good call. Brute. That was good. That was good. Yeah. I have low good. standards, though. I just, just entertain me. Right. I want to escape for an hour and a half, two hours, be entertained, and I think you did a great job. Yeah, that's Wonder. fair. Yeah. And Guardians of the Galaxy was very entertaining. It was an enjoyable movie. Yeah, I didn't think of that, but that might even be the right answer, too. Fair enough. I think you're just giving him brownie points because this is the first time on the show. Make him feel very, comfortable. That's very possible. <laughs> I appreciate possible. it. No problem. So if those are the best movies, who, what superhero do you think would be the best at Twitter? Since we're talking about social media? Yeah. Uh, good question. Uh, I mean, Batman would be too dark and brooding, right? He's kind of... He'd be too emo, right? You wouldn't want to follow him. He this gets total true. depravity. Yeah, he, he gets total depravity. Yes, <laughs> he, he gets, does. He understands, he understands what a wretch he is. That's true. Uh, I don't know. So, you know, I would have said, originally, I would have said, if someone said to me, the Joker, no, that's too crazy. Except we've seen what Donald Trump can do with tw- Twitter. So <laughs> Good call. I think that there's some potential there for the Joker to be a, elect, a Twitter master. Elect the Joker. Is, yeah. is the, that's his running in 2020. The thoughts that are expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect <laughs> the thoughts of Rebel Alliance Media. <laughs> The Joker is a good answer. Yeah, Joker is a pretty good answer. It, it would be true that villains would generally be better at Twitter, I think, than than the good guys. But that's generally true in general. <laughs> that's that's true. I, I was going to go with the Riddler because then everything would be a funny little puzzle for us to do. Mm-hmm. But the Joker might be much better. But given the sinister nature of the the Riddler, if you if you correctly guessed, you're probably next on his hit list or yeah, something. You're dead. So you don't want to interact with the riddles that the Riddler puts out on Twitter. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark, uh, as portrayed in the Avengers movie. I mean, he's got those one-line quips, totally. those yeah. sarcastic comments. Those. It's actually funny. Like, you wonder at what point will movies start reflecting social media. So, like, um, at the, in the next Avengers movie, are you going to see like you know Captain America or Captain America or, or Iron Man stop for a second, pose for for a shot, and kind of upload it onto Instagram like jokingly in the film? Like that's got to be it's it's part of culture now, right? Sure. So well, I I confess that if if I'm sitting and listening to a sermon, um, I will sometimes tweet a quote from the sermon in the middle of the sermon. Now, can you imagine people sitting in a movie theater hearing a line in the movie? tweeting it, and then have the actual movie theaters producing movies with that in mind. Tweetable right. lines. Right, yeah. And, and more and more, there's, there's interaction, right? So when you're watching like the Academy Awards and, and that sort of stuff, they're constantly, they, they have the scroll on the bottom now, all the, mm. all the tweets, right? So it'd be funny, like, you know, you think about the first Avengers movie and there's this big galactic war going on, and then all of a sudden you're seeing like Tony Stark's little like hashtags and stuff scrolling at the bottom of the screen as he's fighting off. I don't know, it'd be fun. It'd be interesting to see because if the Hulk was tweeting, it'd just be Hulk angry all the time. <laughs> like guys, capital problems, letters, right? yeah, all caps, <laughs> with tons of exclamation points at the end. Yeah. You're terrible. Yeah. If he could figure out emojis, that would be a disaster too. He's <laughs> yeah. got the two little hands and be like, is he high fiving or is he yeah. praying? <laughs> Tell me what this means, people. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's good. Speaking of that, it's funny that we do that like in movie in movies and stuff, but. Can you imagine if people started doing that during our sermons? So we're, you guys are preaching, and people are just like, hold on, I just need to tweet what you just said out on the social media. I, That's I don't think we have to imagine that. Like, I'm I sure see it a lot somewhere. Of, yeah, I see a lot of people with, uh, with their devices. I just 
tell myself that they're just following along on their Bible app, but I'm sure there's some angry birds going on and some Instagram. And <laughs> I, I spoke at a youth conference and um, they, they uh, did this little hashtag question thing. And of course it was youth. So immediately directly up on screen is appearing inappropriate hashtags and the rest yeah. of it so that they actually had to be, you know, admonished from the front not to be inappropriate. So that didn't work so well. That's terrible. So then actually that's probably a good segue. Like what is it about social media that tends to bring out the worst? I mean, we're all kind of hard hitting Calvinists here. So, um, but the, the idea of, you know, kind of total depravity coming out, uh, more potently on social media, right? So is it just cause there's no accountability? Right. Like because you see some people who, whether it's on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever the case may be, kind of the nastiest side, things that they would never say to somebody in real life. They they're comfortable saying all of a sudden over social media. Is it just a, a lack of accountability, lack of consequences? I think I think sometimes it's because it's instant reaction. So you get you get the natural response to people even on Twitter. So somebody will say something or Trump or somebody will do something weird and somebody immediately can comment and say exactly what they've thought without having thought how it's going to make them look. Right. right? No There's filter. no filter. Yeah. Right. You think even the uh, someone on Twitter, like even with a minor amount of followers, let's say 50 followers, uh, think of another situation in which a person could engage with 50 people with that immediacy. Right. Right. Any other time you're talking to a group that large, you would have prepared, you would have you know, generally thought about what you said, right. whereas now you have that access, uh, like you said, Chris, uh, with immediacy. I can do this now without thinking about it. The other side to what you were saying, the lack of accountability, which I've seen quite a bit, um, uh, you, you misinterpreted my tweet. I didn't mean it like that. Right. I was joking. I was sarcastic. Tone. And tone, and, yeah. all that stuff. So there's, a, there's some layers of defense there where if you get yourself in trouble, you can back out of which in person you wouldn't be able to do. Right. Yeah, that's a good point, too. That's a good point. So then if, <clears throat> if these are some of the dangers, and I mean, obviously, social media has been used for all kinds of things. Uh, I think it was about a year ago when... Uh, you know, you're thinking about uh, Twitter being this online community or Facebook being an online community. You're talking about having 50 followers, you know, 50 people who are kind of there. Um, and so just the Internet in general, the spread of online communities has been a bad thing in a lot of ways. I think it was about a year ago when, you know, the site Ashley Madison was was hacked. And, you know, here's a site that's essentially not only promoting but helping people commit adultery. So we've seen the dark side, obviously, of social media and online communities. Um, but I guess what we want to talk about today is the, um, the positive side of social media. So uh, here, here we are doing a podcast, but I, I guess what are some of the ways that social media now presents an opportunity for us as Christians to engage culture, to get the gospel out? Like, what is it about social media that, that helps us as Christians if we're using it correctly? I think, I think for me, one of the big things that I enjoy about Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, is that I can hear what pastors that I respect, people whose books that I've read, are saying on current issues without having to wait for them to write a book. So for instance, if David Platt has a quote from his Sunday sermon, I can hear it about the refugee crisis or about the abortion issues that we're going on, that Jeff Durbin's is big on right now. We're hearing that almost live stream, right? which means I can get educated. I can know that there's the issue going on and kind of take it into my own, into my own being and then move forward with it myself. Right. 
And that's a, so you said, you know, you can get educated. And I think that's one of the biggest advantages. Like we live in an age, so here, here the three of us are sitting. And, and I mean, if we put our libraries together of kind of the, the, the books that we have, but you compare that to how much is free out there on Kindle and, and some of the things like we have access to, you know, everything that John Calvin ever wrote, right? Everything that Martin Luther ever wrote. And we have access to that. Like, what a what a time we live in, whereas it used to be, if you wanted to get educated by John Calvin, you had to go to Geneva and you had to be living at the right time, right? Now we have access to everything he ever taught. And so the phrase kind of standing on the shoulders of giants has never been more true than the age we live in now. Yeah, we have access basically to every generation of godly teacher you know, since the early church, and yeah. that's that's pretty amazing. Uh, I I bring that up uh, to some guys uh, who, when we meet together for prayer and we read a letter by Samuel Rutherford, you know, we get to read this. Yeah. We have access to this. This is you know incredible. Some of the guys I follow on Twitter, which I find very helpful, are guys who uh, regularly uh, give those resources out. Yeah. Hey, here's something on this topic. Here's yeah. something else. Here's an essay. Here's uh, I love seeing that, and I'm often finding myself, you know, clicking on those links and being able to access uh, not just information, but information that has been vetted. Right. You know, someone yeah, I respect has read several things on this and actually puts forward, here's here's what you need to read. And yeah. so I, I find it great for that. And if you're listening to this, um, a couple, like I know Tim Keller daily, uh, and he, he tweets out uh, Kindle deals and stuff like that all the time. And, and I find Mark Dever good for this as well, just yeah. in terms of, uh, uh, tweeting out resources. He had one the other day that was just kind of talking about um, when unity becomes a problem, right? Theologically, right? When when unity can become an idol, uh, which was actually very relevant for me when he tweeted that out. And so I'm I'm looking at that uh, while I'm you know ta- dealing with some own, some things in our own church, and uh, it's just amazing that you know. He, so here's a guy like you said that I trust, and he's putting out a resource that I need. And it's, it's right there. Yeah, it's amazing, too, uh, you being a, a regular preacher as well, how often, as you're scrolling through your Twitter feed, you come across something that's dealing exactly what you're preaching on that Sunday. For sure, uh, yeah. It's amazed me how often that has happened. Yeah. I'll throw out the name, uh, you know, Justin Taylor from Crossway Books. Uh, he is uh, continually putting out resources and su- suggesting things to read that, you know, I think are very helpful. Yeah. So as, as we're name dropping here, why don't we all, um, since we're talking about social media, why don't we throw out a couple just just guys that are worth following on Twitter that, uh, that like you said, Jude, just people that actually uh, help you on a daily basis, people who it's not just you're following them and it's cool because you get to hear their thoughts, but people who actually help you on a daily basis. Let me, let me throw another one out there. We were uh, talking earlier about Mark Dever, and I would agree uh, his, his uh, tweets are not overly helpful, uh, but I would say nine marks. That. Yeah, sorry, Mark. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you're listening yeah, to this, yeah. Chances are, but uh, nine marks, however, the ministries, right. um, w- what they tweet and the information they put out there, uh, I find very helpful. I mentioned Justin Taylor, and I think a name that came up earlier as well, uh, Sam Storms. Uh, yep. He's regularly, uh, a, lot, a lot of times his own stuff, yep. um, but I find his stuff very helpful. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Who do you follow? Jared Wilson's one of my favorites. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's relevant to the culture, and he's also, like, he doesn't just post, like, Bible quotes or whatnot. He's also involved in things, so you can get into a discussion, see how he interacts with other people, yep. which I think is very useful as Christians to see how 
these giants of the faith are just regular guys interacting with their, their world around them. Um, I really like Kevin DeYoung. He doesn't tweet a lot, but when he does, it's usually right on point. Yep. And another guy, I'm going to throw somebody from left field, is Tony Ranke. Yes, yeah, good call. I was about to say him. Tony yeah. Ranke gives from me a Desiring book. God. Yes, gives me a book idea every month. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. I'm just like, I need to read that book because yeah, I know Tony sure. Ranke's well-read, good, respected guy, and he's got great great opinions on a lot of things. So Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, just to add to the list that we're already compiling here, I think, um, obviously, we'll throw out the name John Piper. Piper, I think, it's... Uh, the, the thing I find that's great about Piper is that when something happens in the culture, right, there's a mass shooting or there's some sort of natural disaster or the election or something, um, he's good because he, not, he doesn't necessarily comment on the thing, but he'll throw out a Bible verse. And it's just the verse, but you know exactly what he's pointing that at. And it just, so Piper, uh, his ministry for me is always, you know, bringing it back to the Bible. Um, I find Doug Wilson really helpful. I know he, he often just kind of tweeting out his own content, but because he blogs so much on current culture, um, you know, when, when there's stuff going on in the Supreme Court in terms of same-sex marriage or abortion or anything, I find his uh, very thoroughly deals with those topics. So I would say Wilson's right up there. And Ray Ortland uh, is another guy who I just find he's, he's very active uh, and a good mix of kind of his own content and also just kind of pointing out other material. So, yeah. One of the defenses for Twitter in my own mind uh, as I thought about it as it you know, became more popular uh, was that a Hebrews where it, it, it instructs us to encourage one another daily admonish one another daily. In our society, how can we do that? Yeah. We're not all meeting at the marketplace That's right. every day. Um, and yet there's an opportunity, and when you said Ray Ortland, that brought that to mind because uh, I find aside from the resources that he might expose you to, uh, the way he uses social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, to me is sort of the ideal for you know how a Christian and, and maybe from my perspective how a pastor uh, ought to use those platforms. Right. So um, just just to kind of broaden this discussion a little bit, one of the things that I think is, is really interesting about, um, I guess, communication technology in general is you think about, you know, papyrus being kind of the, the main form of uh, education and writing and, and communicating an idea. Um, but if you look down through history at some of the technological advancements, right, the advancement of the printing press, so you can go in and, and even you go to Wikipedia, and Wikipedia will tell you that the history of, of the, um, the, that technological advancement of the printing press was driven by Christians wanting to print Bibles, right. right? And so this technological advancement for how to get communication more widespread was, was issued by Christians. And I just heard this story the other day, actually. So Samuel Morris... Uh, M-O-R-S-E, who uh, uh, Morse code is named after. Um, So he was a uh, church planter and a missionary, and he's off in the mission field, and uh, he gets a letter in the mail, uh, mail, you know, horseback, whatever it was, and uh, and the letter was from his father who said, you know, your wife has passed away, and by the time you get this letter, uh, we will have buried her, the funeral will have already happened, so she would have wanted you to stay and finish your mission no sense in coming home. And that really sparked his interest in creating some form of communication that would uh, be faster than mail delivery. 
And so he was, uh, again, if you go on Wikipedia and you kind of look at the history of this, Samuel Morris, uh, Morse code is named after him. He was very instrumental mm -hmm. in, in putting together the telegraph. And what's interesting is that uh, the, the first telegraph ever sent, um, once it was all set up and everything, was look what God wrought for the expansion of his kingdom and for the spread of his gospel. Wow. And so you look again, technological advancement, why? For the purpose of gospel spreading. Yeah, which I don't is, think that was the first thing that was Snapchatted. No, <laughs> good point, yeah. Shows you where we've got to. For sure. And so, um, you know, so it's just interesting that when you look back through the years and you look at kind of Christians being at the forefront of some of these technological advancements with the motivation for godly communication and for the spreading of his gospel. And like you said, yeah, look where we are now, where Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook are, are, have been taken over by everybody but Christians. Um, so it, we, we really have a lot of work to do to kind of catch up to um, the communication of our ideas. So how would normal Christians reclaim social media for a, a message to spread the gospel further? Well, I think um, very practically, I would say, I mean, we just talked about how dangerous social media can be because of how quickly we react to something. So I think even just Christians being thoughtful in what they post, right, not reacting immediately, taking time to, to think and to pray or, or whatever when, when something comes up. Um, is definitely part of part of that. Just doing it discerningly. Yeah, what uh, I was thinking about earlier, and, and you just brought this point up. Twitter, you know, you can put something out there, a few words, in a very unthinking way. Right. Um, but it could also be used the other way. You have to be very precise and concise and have thought through your words if you're saying something important in 140 characters. Yeah. So if you take that. A small amount of space you have and you know use it intentionally and thoughtfully it could be a very good practice absolutely you know how can I say this in a powerful way and the fewest amount of words I mean that that could be a great thing but uh, it's it's that other side of it right that's the danger so it could be reclaimed in that way how can you say whatever it is you want to say in a very intelligent concise way yeah go and and I think I mean not to get too theologically involved in this, but the idea that God spoke the universe into existence and chose to reveal himself and his will to mankind through the written word mm. is important. So sure. for us created in the image of God, words matter, yeah. right? And so you're right. You can just throw something up, 140 characters. You can, you can spit that off in no time. But when we're actually thinking about words and language and how to communicate something, I think there's, there's something about that that is very... Uh, very much connects us to, you know, the creative God who spoke his revelation to us. You know, I can't help but think that there are people in countries uh, with no access to God's written word, yet have cell phones and have Wi-Fi and can receive God's word that way. You know, I'm sure it's happening. Yeah, yeah you know, for There's sure. probably someone out there who is tweeting the entire Bible. Right. And there's probably people who don't have access to a Bible who are getting it that way. Right. So, I mean, yeah, it could be reclaimed, you know, certainly in those ways. Yeah. And then and, and I do think it's it's also just being intentional about what you're posting. Right. So like 
I think people who are posting when they're when you're in church on Sunday mornings, hey, if my congregation, if you're listening to this, you have my permission to to tweet out and to Instagram uh, pics and quotes from Sunday service because letting people know that you're in church and that's what you do on Sundays, and 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 just kind of getting the message out that you're hearing and responding to it in some way, I think is is important. So yeah, just making sure you're using it for the right things. Everybody likes you know, pictures of cute puppies or whatever, but, but there's no gospel, um, you know, quality to those things. So I guess just, you know, what are you actually posting? What are you actually using it for? Exactly. And it gives, it gives Christians a platform to have an opinion against something against our, our culture or against things that we don't like in society, like abortion, like other issues where we can speak up where we couldn't do that in our workplaces or, you know, just to a stranger on the street, because you don't have time or whatnot. This gives us a platform to, to articulate what we think is truth and what we know is true. It's God's word yeah. and what God has laid on our hearts to defend. And it gives us a chance to fight those battles on a platform where we can engage with people who don't necessarily share our viewpoints mm-hmm. and which gives us a chance to argue the point biblically. Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I confess I'm on Snapchat uh, only for a couple wow. months. Yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> Who you know, this guy. Yeah, you know <laughs> you what? Do I have do? four teenage girls. This so is this is yeah. where I'm heading. Yeah. Uh, here's what I use Snapchat for. I take these silly filtered pictures of myself and manipulated pictures of myself, and I send them to my kids. I don't say anything. I just send them that picture, and I know they love it, and they yeah. think it's funny, and they send it back to me. Is this a very uh, profound and deep engagement with my kids? No. But throughout the day, I'm sending them something that's saying, hey, dad, at least for a moment, was thinking of you right now. Right. Enough so that he took the time to send a goofy picture. Right. So, you know, I think they can even, yeah, even Snapchat and those funny dog faces and whatever, uh, I think could be used with some intentionality uh, to do something, you know, positive. So, yeah, that's it's exactly why all my kids were on Snapchat. Now my youngest, the oldest four, uh, and I thought I better be on Snapchat, right. you know, and and speak their language to them and and uh, and send them the goofy pictures. I always cringe because it shows me when they take a screenshot of the picture I've sent them to, <laughs> and I'm thinking, what? These are getting what? banked yeah. somewhere. Yeah. What is this? When's this going to come out? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they like it, you know, and I'm. It gives them a chuckle, I'm sure, at school, and then they send me one back, and it makes me smile, and it's a. Uh, yeah, it's a way of engaging with them for sure. And the truth is, I mean, we we all know the ways in which uh, some of these apps and some of these social media things can be misused. And so I'm sure, as a parent, and and I, I got young kids now, so I'll be, you know, thinking about this if, in years to come, I guess. But um, you know, just letting them know, hey, dad's on Snapchat, mm-hmm. right? Don't be misusing Snapchat, <laughs> you know. And I, I I think those kinds of things are checks and balances are good too. So absolutely, it helps. It helps just also like. Keep your keep your kids accountable. Keep everybody accountable because you're on social media yourself. Right. So they can't be misusing Facebook like you're saying, Nate. They can't be misusing these things because they know you're on it too, and you're connected to the same people because you all go to the yeah. same church, yeah. same schools. They can they can see it. You're going to know. Not that you want to be over controlling of your children. I don't have children myself, but I'm assuming. But it gives a level of like like you were saying, Jude letting them know that you're thinking about them, which also can encourage them to continue to make good choices because they know you have, you have their back, right? Yeah, For I would sure. say uh, absolutely if you're a parent, uh, one of your uh, standards or conditions 
for your kids using social media is that you have access to their social media. Mm -hmm. Meaning if you're on Facebook, then I'm one of your friends and you're one of mine and I see or can access what you're seeing and what you're accessing. And uh, you know, I said that with my kids, your cell phone at any time, I can take it and look, that's not your private diary or something that's just for you. I have access to that anytime I want. That's the conditions of you using that as my child. So some people would think that's being overbearing, uh, but there's far uh, too much at risk, far too many dangers out there uh, to not have that accountability, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Well, we've, we've gone over the dangers of it, right? So it's good that we have that level of accountability with our children and each other. Yeah. Right? We well, should be able I'm to just thinking maybe I should have someone have the same access to mine. I mean, I've never denied anyone access, but uh, be intentional about it. Say, right. hey, this is my cell phone. This is the uh, this is the code. This is the password. Anytime you want to grab you it, check it. Yeah. Check it. Yeah. Um, and and so just to kind of wrap up the social media uh, conversation is uh, you know for Jude and I who are who are uh, full time pastors right now and, and Chris who's uh, getting a, getting into ministry the access to your people and the ability to teach your people or let them see what you're reading or get quotes from what you're studying that week throughout the week is so valuable, right? You know, I often think about, um, obviously it's not us who are changing hearts. Uh, it's not us who are changing, transforming the people. They're being renewed by the trans- by the Holy Spirit in them, the renewal of their mind. But the idea that I don't just have them for my one-hour sermon on Sunday mornings, it's it's that I, I have access to them now if they're following me on, on Instagram or Facebook or, or Twitter. So there's another ministry opportunity where I have mm-hmm. to, sh- to shepherd my flock, right, to, to feed the sheep. So I think that's uh, something for, for any of us who are in any form of ministry. Uh, that's the battle we constantly play is, you know, you get them for an hour a week and the world gets them the rest of the time. That's right. so, so be part of that, uh, that influence throughout the week. Yeah, I'd agree with that. You know, there are people, there are still people I know who don't have a cell phone. And I say, more power to you. Yeah. You know, awesome. Good for you. Uh, But for those of us who haven't taken that stand for whatever reason uh, and are engaged in it and have the apps on our phones and our computers, uh, I think there's a responsibility there to be proactive, uh, to employ these things for the glory of God, to be intentional in their use, and really uh, in our vocations to use these things to the best of our ability, you know, for the spread of the gospel and for the, the glory of God. Exactly. Amen. As long as Christians are intentional, but it can be a mission field in itself, right? Mm-hmm. For sure. So we can for continue sure. to and, go out and make disciples. And I, and I think that's exactly it. And I think that the the, the more electronic our world gets, the more this will become the, the battlefield. This will become the, the mission field of the future. Right. Because like you said, Jude, um, you know, we aren't omnipotent. We aren't omnipresent. We aren't, uh, we, we're in one place at one time. But our ideas now can suddenly be transmitted worldwide. And what an amazing way to reach all nations. Right. So, awesome. awesome. Well, let's wrap up. Nate, with our Christian Life Hack, how do you redeem the time that you're spending in the car traveling, traveling around? Yeah, I, I commute to work, so this, uh, this is a good one for me. And uh, on topic, in terms of social media, I listen to podcasts and I listen to sermons. So there isn't a time, there isn't a morning that I am driving in or f- to or from the office that I'm not listening to a sermon or a podcast. And so it's just a way for me to get teaching. 
Um, it's a, it's a way for me to kind of settle myself and to, uh, focus myself. And again, if you're listening to good preachers and we've named a ton of them in this episode, then, uh, then you're just starting your day off right, uh, by, by hearing their perspective and, uh, specific, specifically for us, Judas pastors, we need to get fed. And so these are the guys who feed my soul. Uh, so I'm, I'm always using the time on my commute to make sure that I'm, uh, I'm using that time well, rather than just you know, throwing on the radio and listening to whatever Lady Gaga is singing these days. Well, thanks for listening to Rebel Alliance Media. Have a great one.